Hey, this is the Bridging Realities podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar and Eugenia Crock. Bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us and we hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bridging Realities. Bridging Realities. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Bring in the, the vocals like no other. <laughs> I'm so inspired by our conversation for this episode. So I had oh to sing God, a little. Yes. I just yeah. had to. Yeah. I'm definitely going to sing later today. <laughs> yeah, I, you're in for a, quite a treat, people, mm. with, with our guest today. And I'm, that's all I'm going to say about it, because there is so much that you're going to be um, embracing in this next short while. But let's do a little check-in for now. Yeah. What's going on, girl? Doesn't oh. it feel like it's been a long time since we've talked? It actually does. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, the world has changed since we talked. It has. Well, actually, I don't think, I think, yeah, the last, we probably last talked pre-inauguration and now we're talking post-inauguration and I think that's like, Ooh. we're in a different world. <laughs> yeah, we stepped o- over a threshold into yes. a new reality. Yes, yeah. very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm well. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of heat in the world right now. We mentioned it in the episode, a lot of anger, hatred. Um, I'm not going to take myself out of that. I have just as heated emotions as everyone else. I think that, um, like, I think I say this in the episode, but I think that what's bubbling out of our mouths right now, especially with Mercury currently conjunct Pluto, is I think, especially having lived in, like, multiple different cultures, America specifically is the most politically correct, boxed-in robotic, brainwashed, inauthentic culture in the world. And we were taught to be authentic is going to, you you will be punished. If you are mean to somebody, if you say something, or if you don't say something, or all these different parameters that we were, um, these boxes we got put into. And I think since Trump has broken those boxes, you know, in a big way, I think everyone's coming out of their boxes right now, which I'm thrilled about. But I think part of that is being the anger is bubbling up and I think people are just wanting to scream because we've repressed our scream for centuries. Um, and so I'm, I'm definitely experiencing that personally. I'm experiencing it in the collective. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at is watching that. I luckily I got to see Dr. John D. Martini last night, who is, just everything. He's <laughs> a genius. He's a genius. Yeah. I mean, again, people go see Dr. John D. Martini. See him live too. I've watched his webinars and stuff, and they're like not nearly as no. Like, yeah, they're kind of. He's like, so much more impactful live. Yeah, so much more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, like his whole theme is, it's always both. And you know, you go see him, and you're just re- you're so inspired. You're like everything is perfect. You know, this all lives on this continuum, which we're going to talk a lot about in the episode. So I'm feeling like really excited, honestly, right now about being alive. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is, well, this is fun. This is exciting. I don't know. And, um, and I also just want to like hang out and, um, listen to nice music and 
you know, not hear all of the screaming also. So it's all of the above. How about you? Totally. Yeah. I'm so with you on that. Like mm-hmm. all of the, all of the above. Yeah. I'm feeling, um, really inspired by all the changes that are taking place right now. And the activation that I'm seeing, I don't personally feel activated in that same way. I don't feel the anger and the rage and everything, but I'm inspired to see everybody else in their embracing this discomfort that's kind of coming to the surface, which I think has, like you said, has been repressed for a really long time. I'm actually coming back from a trip to California for my baby shower. So I was in a whole other bubble (laughs) of existence and reality, um, (laughs) you know, the past week, uh, totally didn't time it at the same time as the women's March, but I wasn't able to go. And I'm grateful because I, to be honest, didn't really want to go, not because I don't believe in it or anything like that. Um, I just feel like I resonate on that vibration anyways, that like, you know, women's empowerment and, and not even women's empowerment or like, you know, damn the man kind of thing. Just, I live in a place of the neutral space of like the both. And I mean, I speak about this all the time and I'm not looking at this as like a negative experience. It's just necessary. So I'm in a state of acceptance and embrace of what is, um, which is helpful, right? Being pregnant. So I don't have to be <laughs> giving my baby all of those stress hormones. And, you know, instead I'm, I'm bringing in that, that juicy goodness and love and, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling grateful for where I'm at in this space, this time and space, um, to have the blessings that I do. And also much what you said, just being alive right now, it's such a potent time. Mm-hmm. So exciting. And, I'm also just really grateful to be a guide at this time, Mm. you know, to kind of be able to be, um, an anchor, you know, for people and uh, who are really feeling challenged, um, by what's happening. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I feel that one big time. I think my astrology practice has changed entirely in the last month, in the last moon cycle, really. And it has gone from this place of, I think even with the psychology background that we both have, you know, we go into these fields to fix people and to heal them. To help. Right. To help. Right. But I think, you know, you go in and even as I started learning astrology originally, it was like, well, you have this weakness and this is this place you can grow on. And I get that. But I think I'm coming into this place both personally, but with my practice where it's like, you know what, I'm going to read charts just as they are now. Like this is who you are and there's nothing wrong with you. Now do with that what you want. But, you know, yes, you have this strength or this weakness and it's perfect. It is what it is. Uh, yes, you, you have a tendency to talk too much. Uh, yes, you have a tendency to be too dark or, or, you know, yes, you know, this or that, whatever that is. And you are very lovely and everyone loves you or whatever it is in the, the complexities of the chart. I'm approaching it with my clients now from this place of, and you're perfect. Totally. You know, and I think, again, this is this, this place we're coming out of collectively where we have felt there's something wrong with us mm-hmm. for a very long time. Even, even the fact that we've studied psychology, even that psychology is a profession. Um, and I'm not putting down psychology or therapy because it has its place, 
but I think a lot of the practices of medicine and healing come from a place that there's something wrong with us. And I don't actually think that anymore. I'm like, Oh my God, there's actually nothing wrong with me. I like, what if I just embraced who I was authentically? And so, so that's what I've been kind of really, um, encouraged about with my clients. And I actually, I'm offering this special right now where you can work with me for the whole year. Um, where be, and it's kind of a different approach now. It's not so much about how to become more conscious necessarily. It's just about just accepting who you are. And I will be the accountability coach in that process. That's kind of my new approach with that. So, um, right. I like, yeah. And I like be, that we get to be in that position with people right now. So that buoy in the storm of yeah. humanity. So, uh, so, you know, uh, a couple of things just before we do get into this episode, we do have a new moon, uh, right now happening and, uh, thank goodness, because I don't know, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm not into the cancer Capricorn moon cycles personally <laughs> in general, like they're, they're very challenging for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, but I'm an Aquarius, so I'm all about this, this, uh, Aquarius, a new moon happening. Me too. Hey, yeah. Aquarius rising. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like coming home in a way. And so, uh, we will, after this, uh, episode and all that, Danny and I are going to hop on another conversation. We're going to record our new moon ritual recording for our patrons, which we're getting more and more of every day. Uh, and f- for those of you not, not patrons yet, I think it's a great idea to become one. Uh, you get to talk to us on Facebook whenever you want. Um, we, well, we're not like on it 24 hours a day, but, uh, it's really cool. People are sharing articles, sentiments, which is a really, it's a tribe. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, join, you know, and, and then you can do this Newman ritual. We'll be doing the Q and A's, which is good for everyone. If you want to keep learning astrology, it's this nice conversation, uh, so we will be doing that recording, but, uh, just a kind of heads up. We know a lot of you have purchased the Cosmo Muse, um, publication that our most recent or one of our most recent guests was on to speak about. And it's just a wonderful compliment to moon cycles because it's, um, created in such a way that it allows you and asks you to set intentions at different moon cycles and check in with them and helps with food recommendations and health recommendations during particular seasons, which is the right way to live, uh, in tune with nature and seasons. And so, um, uh, it's really great to, to use that with the new moon rituals. And so, uh, if you'd go to cosmomuse.com, uh, and go to the purchase. If you type in bridging realities, you get a 10% discount. Um, and so that's really, uh, helpful. Uh, Allie's been really generous in giving you all that discount. And a lot of you have taken her up on that and we hope more of you do because it's just a beautiful publication. And I think it's, um, case sensitive. So it's all lowercase actually. Oh, good to know for coupon code. Yeah, so we'll make sure it's bridging, B-R-I-D-G-I-N-G-R-E-A-L-I, sorry, R-E-A-L-T-I-E-S, <laughs> spelling off the top of my head, <laughs> one of my gifts. Um, yeah, check it out, get your copy. It's so beautiful. It's such an epic uh, creation, and um, we really hope everybody utilizes it as a tool. So Yeah, Absolutely. So 
we'll be talking about a lot of things in this episode, but we'll let you listen. Uh, just so you know, there's going to be some singing in this one. Um, so, you know, if you are driving or something, there there's a moment in the episode where I think it would be ideal to be in a still place to listen because Ananda is a pretty phenomenal vocalist. And I mean, maybe it's good while you're driving too or whatever, but because um, I know a lot of people work out listening to us as well, and that's good. Um, but it, it's also a really great opportunity with this episode to light a candle, sit in the bathtub, and and let this this softness penetrate into your vibrations because there is a lot of loudness in the world right now. And we can all use a little peace, um, love, and harmony. And we can all benefit from these vibrations she's offering to us. So uh, just a, a note of that as we go into the episode, but this will be an episode with a good friend of mine, Ananda Glick here in Colorado. And uh, actually for those of you who do live in Colorado or the surrounding areas, uh, Ananda and I actually do quite a bit of work together. We've done a number of workshops together over the last four years that we've known each other, and we will be offering another um, opportunity coming up here for the spring equinox coming up here. I, I'm like jumping way ahead, but uh, please don't jump that far. Ahead that means I'm like having a baby. <laughs> right. I need a little time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, February in Colorado is just so tough. So it's like the only thing that kind of gets you through it. Look forward to it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so for your calendars, if you enjoy Ananda and you enjoy me, um, and unfortunately Danny will be in that pregnancy place as uh, so she may not uh, be there. Um, and she lives in a different state of course, but Ananda and I will be hosting a spring equinox opportunity on Sunday, March 19th. Typically it looks like me lecturing about what's happening and, um, giving you kind of the practicalities of what's going on in the sky and the intentions of the equinox. And then she follows it with a healing vibrational, um, tuning into the cosmos kind of an, an experience, which is always just so freaking delicious, uh, location and time to be announced. However, we do have a new Facebook group, Ananda and myself, because we do do quite a bit of work together called stars and sounds. And, um, it's would be great if you all hopped over to Facebook and joined that group for the patrons. Of course, we will be sure to, I'll be sure to get that to you, of course, but just a good place to hang out. We can give you all of our announcements as we work together and, um, you know, maybe some retreats in the future and things of that nature. So check out stars and sounds on Facebook and, uh, yeah, but enjoy this one. It's a, it's a goodie. Super goodie. Enjoy everybody. Blessings. Welcome back to the Bridging Realities podcast. Danny here. Eugenia. How's it going, Eugenia? <laughs> I'm I'm doing good. I'm excited about our guests. I'm really, really Me excited. Too. Yeah. Really excited. I Do you know. want to introduce her to us? I would really love to. That's yes, I'd be honored to. Uh so for our beautiful listeners out there in the world. Uh, I had the great fortune of meeting this lovely lady about like almost maybe four years ago, I want to say. And, uh, we met in a divine way and it was beautiful and it was kind of like love at first sight. And I had no idea what would happen when I met this person, but I knew I was excited to meet her. And, 
shortly after we met, or maybe right when we met, I found out her true gifts as a vocalist and a sound healer. And uh, our journey over the course of the last four years or so is that we've worked together, we've done some workshops together, but Ananda has also like healed me with her voice. And I, I don't even, I, I, I do understand how it works because she does such a great job of under, like explaining vibrations, but I don't quite understand how she can heal so well with her voice. But I've had so many like magical experiences with this woman. And so I really thought that this would be a great time to bring her on the podcast when we need to hear some beauty in this world, when most of what we're hearing is not so beautiful right now. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to uh, welcome my good friend um, and goddess um, uh, companion, I don't know what else to call you, uh, Ananda Glick. Welcome to our show. Welcome. Thank you. you. Sabona. it's such an honor to be here, and I'm so grateful and blessed to have uh, the had the experience in, of co-creation in healing and, and just enmeshing in the field of vibration that is Eugenia. And it's been such a blessing to get to know you, uh, Danny, over your podcasts. And um, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Well, tell us about, uh, give us a little story about you. Who are you? What's your, what's your shtick? And, you know, uh, how do we find you for listeners listening? How do they connect with you well uh i thought it would be pretty easy to just add .com at the end of my name so i'm a .com it's anandaglick.com uh and that's an easy way to connect with me uh who i am uh how did i start doing this i've been dragged uh by spirit in a blissful chaos storm to where i am now uh i used to as you know eugenia lead a very different life. I was a medic, a fire medic that became a dispatcher that became the head of the mega center for the Department of Homeland Security. And uh, I worked in a very high pressure, um, very third dimensional reality. And my soul was getting sicker and sicker. And I just started calling out, little did I know, um, to spirit, to change, to change everything. And I used to sit in my car and weep. And I think in the vibration of my tears, my soul, you know, sent this ripple out to the universe to call in what my true gift was, which is uh, connecting to voice and connecting to the vibrational reality around us. And that can be really intense. Um, As a child, I had a lot of stuff that psychologists would label sensory or sensory processing disorder right? And it is a disordering of third dimension. It's a a heightened sensitivity to vibrational reality around me. And it can be really intense. Um, Things like weighted blankets and all of these sensory stimulation uh, products that are coming out now are beautiful and wonderful and they're fun to play with. But there wasn't that when I was going through my transition and sound, uh, the journey through sound really helped to heal me uh, and teach me that my mission is to help others to heal through connecting to the vibrational reality that is available. Wow. (laughs) I'm so into this. More, more. I want to soak it up. I feel it in my cells. 
feels really good. good. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. a channeler for sure. Everyone, oh, what a, yeah, yeah. When you're with Ananda, it's just like, you know, you're kind <laughs> of just the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I, I want to just let everybody know the birth information of Ananda for those of you listening, because uh, there's a placement in her chart that really shows that sensual wounding. Uh, piece that she was just talking about. So just to for listeners who are listening in, it's uh, her birthday is September 13th, 1977 at 12.58 a.m.? Yes. Uh, Denver, Colorado. Woo-woo. Colorado. And, what? <laughs> and the whole whopping five of us. Um, we're like two of them. Um <laughs> Uh, no, uh, there's just a lot of not natives here. But anyway, uh, um, uh, yes. Okay, so when you pull that up, what we see is Ananda's ascendant is at 11 degrees of Cancer with Mars and Jupiter on that ascendant. So they were just, that planet Mars and that planet Jupiter were just hanging out in the eastern horizon when she was born, which is very significant. Um, she's got a, a Pisces midheaven, of course, which makes a lot of sense um, in the ninth because uh, you teach spiritual work. Um, so that's very obvious. Um, uh, we've got the strong Virgo stuff, right? We've got you born at that new moon in Virgo. Um, but the thing that I just want listeners to look at as we go through this conversation is that Ananda has her Chiron. Uh, and wherever we find our individual Chirons is where we're going to have our personal wounding. Her Chiron is in Taurus. And Taurus, as a lot of us listening here, know that is all about the senses. It's all about what you can see, taste, touch, and feel. It's very sensual. That's the whole, I often refer to Taurus as the infant. And so when we see Chiron and Taurus, we usually see sensual wounding. Now, this is a generational piece. We've talked about this before. But what makes this really interesting in Ananda's chart is that it's opposing Uranus. And um, Uranus is explosive. Um, it's, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, maybe Danny, you want to say some things too, but it's very like, you know, it, it busts out of the normative. And so when we have Uranus opposing Chiron, we can imagine that this person's senses are kind of like infinite, right? Because, uh, um, he was also the God of, he is the God of outer space, essentially like the realm beyond earth, the realm that we cannot comprehend that is unfathomable and so when that plays in with that chiron piece we could probably see some trauma with the senses also because her chiron is in 11th house the trauma house but with that opposition to uranus it makes sense that a this was a wound for you this overload of sensuality and now it's your medicine like you can take us all into the higher elevation of where our senses can take us beyond the the three-dimensional world as you've been speaking about. So I don't know if you want to add to that at all, Danny. Yeah, you know, and the other thing about Uranus is that it's got this electrical kind of vibration to it. Um, So it can kind of bring about that kind of uh, electrified, like overstimulated. And that's, you know, Uranus does represent trauma, like sudden changes, shock to the system, um, you know, seeing things from a different perspective in both a good and a not so good way. Um, and, and really separating us from, uh, the reality of where, you know, Saturn is this three-dimensional realm 
once we step into Uranus by way of Chiron, of course, which is the bridge to the outer uh, planets, then we are getting a, a taste of the transpersonal realm. So there is, you know, this connection between these two energies in your chart. And something else that's interesting is how Uranus connects to Mercury um, in a, a sextile, um, which is a really sweet placement of these two energies coming together and, you know, being able to utilize the forces of Uranus in your communication. And you are born with Mercury retrograde. And typically when individuals are born, when Mercury is retrograde, they have a different way of assimilating information and digesting information. And you have, you know, your sun and your moon in Virgo ruled by, co-ruled by Chiron and by Mercury. So there is this theme here for you, and it's in the third house of communication, um, this theme of healing through communication. So people's astrology is just really good. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right here, folks. It's all right here. It's the truth. (laughs) You can't make this shit up. You can't make it up. It's a beautiful modality for understanding the patterns of reality. And it gives us so much information that isn't available simply to the mind being able to perceive third dimension. So yeah, it's a magical, um, way of looking at things. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank well, you. That was a beautiful explanation of the houses and, um, and, and communication is something that I feel a lot of wound around actually. Um, you know, as, as a child, I, Oh, I love my, my father and there's no violence in my heart, but there was a lot of turmoil around communication, that, that wounding. And that's what drove me into once my soul was ready to, you know, become the Lotus and emerge out of the mud, um, want to heal communication between just the world. And, and, and really that's how we heal is, is through communication, being able to listen to spirit speaking to us through relationship, through the patterns of what has evolved in our life through relationship. And so that's the wounding that took place around the terrible communication that took place between, you know, child me, wounded child me, and those responsible for, you know, bringing me into adulthood brought me into the space of seeking peace and meditation and and communication of love versus communication of ego. And, uh, and communication is, it's not just as we were talking about earlier, it's not just the vibration of what's coming through intellectually. It's the vibration of what's happening from your spirit into vocalization expression through the mind, you know? And that's so like Virgo in the third too, right? Like Virgo is so, so sacred. It's so ceremonial. It's, it's, you know, that like, I think we oftentimes look at Virgo and it's lower form of expression, which is often like OCD, very, very detailed and very kind of, you know, or wanting to get organized, you know, not that all Virgos are organized, but there is this kind of complex of wanting to be organized and and every sign has 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 a shadow, but I think the high high expression of Virgo you've so you know organically fallen into, which is that the ceremony. It's ceremonial. It is life as ceremony. And you know, with you know, Pisces is the spirit of it. Virgo is the way to worship it 
right? It's the malas, you know, you like Ananda is very well known in this community. I would say in Colorado for her mala bead work. Um, she's got, uh, she's, she makes them, she does workshops. I always hear people who are like, I was just at this mall workshop. I was like, were you with Ananda? And they're like, you know her? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that just happened the other day. Actually. Someone was like, she's, you know, she's at karma yoga. She's a big deal. And I was like, yeah, she's my homie. Um, and so, uh, so I know you're, you're, that's what you're known for in this community is, is this, this, the sacred act of, um, ceremonial work. Um, and so I think that it's, uh, yes, this is all makes a lot of sense. You have Vesta conjunct your son too. She is all about, um, the sacred feminine and things of this nature, um, which we could get into at some other point. Cause I think that's hugely powerful in your chart. Um, but I did want to mention how, how we've tied astrology and sound healing together. Um, because I think that the work we've done together has been really powerful. I don't know why we don't do it more often. I know we're both really busy, but, um, yeah, an astrology and sound healing retreat. That's yes. That's what I'm calling in. Yeah. I'm calling it in too. <laughs> That'd be so dope. Yeah, um, right now, uh, the world really needs it. Go ahead. Yes. We all need healing and it's not through this. I mean, right. There's so much static in this world right now. The words are falling out of our mouths with so little consciousness. And I think I'm not like, I'm not angry or mad or sad or happy about it. I'm just watching it. But I think people are like, there's these monsters that have been living inside of all of us that we've been suppressing because of this system that suppresses our authenticity and they're just kind of coming out right now. And so it's very violent and people are very mad and not scared to say that to one another. Um, and so, right, that sound, that vibration of spirit can heal all of that static. Um, and I know when we've worked together, oftentimes, like I'll give a lecture on the current trends, which is really fun. And then Ananda tunes into the vibration of what's happening astrally and will kind of sync us all up to it. So, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, when we leave our workshops together, everyone's just like completely blissed out, like aligned and tuned oh, this is what's happening right now. I don't need to be anywhere else or in a different space. This is authentic and, and natural. So I was wondering if maybe you wanted to talk more about maybe the work we've done together, but also the potential of, of incorporating sound healing into astrology, because I think that there's a huge potential for that. Uh, well, I'd love to talk about, you, you mentioned the malas and the mantras and the chanting. Um, and I would love to talk about the idea behind being able to use mantra and words that have Shakti for people. Uh, but the work that we do, when we get a group together, it's really beautiful because that unfolds organically. The energy in the room, um, it, it it's created by who comes up and how their consciousness is responding, expanding, or contracting based around the truth that they're receiving, recognizing, and reflecting in what you're bringing in. So you have this amazing way of helping everyone understand concepts that are beyond the structure of understanding, you know, your stories, your visual cues, the way that you present information, it's really easy to listen to you. It's, it's like, 
you know, just you become porous when you're around Eugenia and what she's offering forward. You're a very powerful channeler too. And I just love the dynamic between spirit that evolves between, you know, our embodied essence in the same space. So it's really fun to work with you. I can't wait to do it again. As soon as we finish this, we should get something on the calendar to create uh, together again. Um, when people come in and they're sitting and they're receiving this information, often questions will arise. And that is based off of the fact that we are not what we think. There's this wound of separation that is the original wound. It's the only wound and it's the only wound that we try and heal our entire life. Uh, Marianne Williamson talks about it. It's A Course in Miracles. You think that you have many problems, but you only have one. And it comes back to the idea that we are separate from each other. Um, and when we that, that forgetting is essential, right? It's the only way that we come into third dimension and embody and experience all of this, but it's still inside of us. It's a piece inside of us that needs healing moment to moment, minute to minute. And if we talk about being present, all presence is, is an awareness that stretches out of our interconnectivity, you know, like what is being brought up in the moment. Um, whenever I greet my students or anyone, really, I usually say sabona, um, which is a, a beautiful word that recognizes that what looks out from my eyes is not mine. It's my ancestors and it's yours and it belongs to everyone because we're this collective, right? And so, Becoming conscious of your own vibration and your authentic voice and what is true for you is powerful to do. When you, you hear a shift in my voice when I'm, I'm grasping for information or when I'm stressed or when I'm angry, you'll hear that shift vibrationally, right? Um, and that's really a key to experiencing each other vibrationally and healing each other vibrationally. If you listen to a friend talking to you about somebody that hurt their feelings. You can hear where they shift from ego into spirit, into ego, into spirit, and they're doing that delicate dance between love and fear, fear of separation, right? And so when we all come together in that room and there's questions and we're evolving as a conscious being because we are all one being, that's all we are, magic happens. And then there's this thing that I hear and I feel sort of um, in... A vibrational way. It's really hard to articulate, uh, but I'll send my voice out in, in a vocal toning or I'll, I'll hit my crystal bowl and I pay attention to what shifts in my body. Does my heart start to palpitate? Um, is there a, a, a heartbeat in my throat that feels somebody's got something stuck that they're not saying? Uh, and they might not need to say it. They just need to soften there. So I'll hit the throat chakra bowl and make a tone that softens that. And I don't know where it's coming because it's a sea of sound, right? It's always a sea of sound around us. Um, but I just send that out and, and find that space. It's kind of like a massage therapist feeling a knot in a muscle, but it's with sound. Uh, and how can you use that in your own life? Mantra is amazing. Um, so I'd love to talk about the project, the I Am Mala project eventually. Um, but just a simple thing you can do is to stop where you are, what you're, you're doing, and, and listen to the sound of the breath inside of the body. That's the simplest. You'll hear it in every beginner one-on-one yoga meditation. You'll hear it in everything. Just listen to the breath. And why is that? Because there's an ocean of, of, of creation inside of the breath. Every single breath cycle 
there is an ocean of creation available for you to focus on. And then you come back to that place of presence, interconnectivity, and you can heal, you know, through the sound, that simple sound. And there's so many other sounds you can use, you know, your own sound with the breath. I mean, that's what language is, is it's, it's communicating through taking a breath inside of your body, life force energy inside of your body, coming into the emotion, the experience, your unique experience, because only you can have that experience. No one else can have that experience. You can explain that experience, but your vibration is going out into the field. Your vibration is going out into the sea of sound and sound is the building block of creation. So intentionally using sound to create more peace, intentionally using sound to talk about our grief, talk about our fear, talk about our love. And, and how does that experience happen in the body vibrationally, taking awareness there and using it intentionally? Boom. <laughs> Boom. There's just a couple of things I want to add to that, what you're saying, just to kind of weave in astrology here. Um, I, there's this quote that I discovered, um, by Mark B. Woodhouse when I was in grad school in his book, Paradigm Wars, Worldviews for a New Age. It's a really good book. We make and respond to music because we are music, right? We are vibration. We are sound at the most fundamental level. And the cool thing about astrology is that it's basically like looking at music notes. Each planet, each archetype has a vibration. It has a sound quality. It has a way in which we can access and tune into the, the frequency of that planet and that energy and how it is, you know, like how the makeup of our chart really kind of creates the song of our life. Like, how are we going to live out this song? How are we going to sing our song and how are we going to tune it so that it's not coming out totally, you know, um, in a place of discord. And then also thinking about how our charts relate with other people and how that creates harmony or discord. And we see that in the greater, you know, collective with what's happening right now and the different energies that are present and how we're really trying to fine tune the vibration and really get clear on, um, how we want things to sound and how we want things to feel. And I mean, it's just such an amazing, um, practice and gift that you have to offer this world to really help people tune into that. I mean, literally like no pun intended, but pun intended tune into it <laughs> because it's so essential. It's, you know, just thinking about, um, like you said, the breath, you know, just that being the, the ohm, you know, that being the, the vibration of, everything, the, the oneness of, of everything of life. So, um, thank you for being a guide in this time, because we really do need people like you, like Eugenia, like myself to be able to make sense of this, um, to kind of get us down to the, the truth, the essentials of what it is that we are here instead of getting, like you said, you know, kind of in this ego space of like, you know, where we lose our connection to the oneness and to the divinity of existence. So thank you. That's beautiful. I love that. It's, we, we are composer and we are musician and all of those pieces are, you know, we are music. There's the great composer within that we're disconnected from, right? You know, that's the mind operating so that we can, you know, be the musician while we're, but Oh, there's a great, um, 
mantra um, that Krishna Das does. Uh, it's a, a Jay Guru Dev uh, version of this mantra, and he has an English song in it as well. And he says, um, you know, I am the singer, you are the song. And that remembrance, you know, that, that beautiful um, remembrance of our, our own song is available to us in any minute but we get caught up in the performance of it, right? The performance of the moment and the fear of whatever, you know, whether it's lack or judgment or whatever. And we get disconnected from the fact that the song is coming through us, you know? Um, so I love that, that we are music. That's beautiful. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of something you had once said to me on that evening we spent into the wee hours of the morning, just walking around talking, um, swinging King super. (laughs) It was just like magic. There was this, what was that? That was amazing. It was. And there was, it was summertime of course. And we were wandering through a greenhouse, like in the middle of the night at King super's, and um, and I remember in that greenhouse, you said to me, you are before. And that like, I don't know, it like made this massive shift in me. And, and you really got me to thinking about like the original sound of the heartbeat of my mother's heartbeat. And that before that, you know, like, you know, I had never really thought like, oh, yeah, all of a sudden I just the first noise I heard was my mother's heartbeat, you know, like like just remembering that we are before. And I I actually kind of want you to say it maybe a little bit more about that because it was very transformative for me, that notion. And, and, and shortly thereafter I did download um, a heartbeat womb noise, you know, because technology allows us to hear what that sounds like. Remember your crystal bed session that we did? Yes. That was the womb, the sound of the womb. Totally. (laughs) Huge. Digging this, ladies. I've got a human in my womb right now. Totally. And it's like, yes. Totally. <laughs> and it is like, yeah. I, I wound up after the crystal bed session and after, you know, talking to you about all this, I did d- download it. And sometimes when I can't sleep, I listen to it just to remember that I am before, you know, that I come okay, from. Okay. So, yeah, please. I, I want to so give you something to play with with that. Um, something I've been practicing lately, I do a lot of pranayama, different breaths from yoga, uh, working with the energy of the breath, right? There's all of these winds that we know of in yoga. If you are where most Americans are with yoga, you're somewhere between, um, you know, uh, familiar with it and a little more familiar with it. Um, American yoga is very commercialized and there's so much depth to yoga. It's a life. It's not... Um, stretching. And one of the things of pranayama is um, the word prana. Everybody knows prana, right? If I ask you what prana is, life force, everybody knows it. But there's all of these other winds that move through the body. And as you become more and more familiar with prana and apana, apana is the wind of elimination, you can start to work with the energy in the body and you can, you know, um, infuse life into things and you can deflate things and send things away. Um, And so one of the things that I I don't know where it came from, I don't know if sometimes I'll discover something in meditation and I'll think, I created this magical breath wave. Oh, it's so beautiful. And then I'll be reading one of my spiritual texts and I find out that 
oh, it's a practice that the Rishis have been doing for thousands of years, literally, and I didn't discover it. And it, it, that's the ego, right? Like searching for, I made this. So anyway, this breath that I've been working with lately, it's really kind of cheesy, but I'm calling it the heart breath, heartbeat breath wave. And it's just um, using your lips to make the sound of the heart beat as you breathe and allow air in um, and close off. So I'll, I'll come closer to my microphone so you can hear kind of what it sounds like. And I'll describe it a little bit more. So <clears throat> you exhale and empty the self. So you create the sound of the heartbeat with the breath and you're closing off the breath and, uh, and you're using the stomach as well. So the stomach is kind of pumping uh, the, the belly button towards the navel and um, to add in the next layer of it, if you practice yoga, um, engaging your bandhas. So doing a root lock, which um, this might make you giggle, but it's basically like clenching off like you don't want to pee or um, pulling up the pelvic floor and creating this energetic seal in the root chakra. And then you bow your chin and you bow your head towards your heart and you keep the intention of, you know, I'm surrendering mind to what the heart has to offer in this moment. And then you call in whatever it is you're working with. Like, let's uh, let's use an example of, I really miss my daughter, but there's a lot of pride. I mean, this kid left. She went to Florida. I'm mad at her. She's in Florida. She's no longer in Colorado. Screw her. She doesn't call. She doesn't write, right? It's that Jewish grandmother, you don't call, you don't write. There's this wound. What are we doing here? You never call me. You, you make me an Eskimo. You send me out to the tundra to die. I never hear from you. Right. And there's all of this ego stuff swimming around. And I want to call her and I want to talk to her from authentic presence without any of that stuff getting in the way because it wastes our time, our precious time that we have. So I sit and I do that lock, that root lock, um, the, the third dimension, root, trust, all of the stuff that comes with the muladhara chakra, right? And then I bow my head towards my heart and I'm, I'm just gently laying my mind on the soft cushion of my heart. And I might chant a mantra with my mind like ahem prema, which means I am divine love. And then I do that heartbeat breath. Right. And you just do that the whole time. And it really takes you into the cosmic heartbeat. It takes you beyond your own heartbeat. And it helps you to remember that the story that I have it's all here in this mind, but the heartbeat is the rhythm, you know, that, that, that keeps life moving through, that keeps sustaining. If God is generating, organizing and dissolving birth, life, death, rebirth, that cycle that's held within the breath. And I use it in that heartbeat beating way. You know, it helps to remember that I am before all of this. And after, and the words before and after don't even translate in that space of the heart beating. <laughs> Just, that in Just feeling it. Just don't feeling like it. it. Taking it in. I don't have words. No words. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Keep Danny's it going, face sister. right now. She's just like, yeah. Please. Keep it going. Please. Okay. So this is a, a poem that I recently wrote called Singing as Creation. Um, and it's, I, I wrote it after meditating about, I'm going to go sing Kirtan, right? 
And what happens when I sing Kirtan is um, I just, I open myself as a channel, obviously, and I try and do the sound healing stuff that I do where I send vibration out and I feel in my body what's happening, who needs what, where do I need to send this? And then I just drop into the sweet nectar of God, you know, of, of that love, that infinite love of creation and use my voice as a building back of creation. And so this was, this came through after meditating about my own egoic fear. Cause there was this whole story around this kirtan, like it's at karma and there's going to be these people there and there's all this stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's not going to be any of that stuff. It's just going to be the heart and the sound. So let's meditate on it. And, you know, I use this heartbeat meditation and this is what came through singing is creation within every vibration of air that arrives the roar of creation abounds from the breath wave sound awareness travels deeper experiencing vibration more and more pausing the space between the breath Awareness travels then to energetic impulses of the brain, singing on and on beneath it all. Then expands to observe tiny ultra-low frequency, humming nervous system chorus. Intonations of the world within world within infinite worlds. Consciousness gently seduced by the whisper of hope in my heartbeat. A soft yet powerful frequency the captivating call of the soul to experience an infinite journey, each moment a new symphony in the cosmic orchestra. Tune in, notice, and listen. Where does the consciousness flow throughout the body each moment? Where do these currents of energy, this electricity travel throughout the body during the process of sitting as the witness the dance of leading and following the flow, the weight of the lump in the throat, a baritone beating bass line that leads deep into the back of the heart, moving, dancing, these vibrations shifting throughout my awareness, my body, patiently, presently, prayerfully. <laughs> I have goosebumps all over my body. <laughs> Dude, this, this woman's voice. Everything oh that God. comes out of it is like, oh, <laughs> it's medicinal. Totally. I mean, I need to have those words somewhere so I can see them uh -huh. and read them. And, and also just the way that you read that is the, the tempos and the beats and the rhythms. I mean, it is music the way you just read that. So yeah. thank you for well, sharing. It's, it's on my yoga and sound, uh, and Vibrational Alchemy by Ananda on Facebook, I actually turned it into a piece of art with a beautiful little geisha and wind yeah. cherry blossoms. And that was actually only half of the poem. So there's more. You can read more um, on my web Facebook thing if you want. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll link uh, all listeners listening to to that so you guys can check that out more. And and like just what you were saying, Danny, that wombness cancer rising right i mean in addition to everything else and then you have pluto in the fourth you have athena conjuncting your pluto so you're wildly intuitive and this the wombness of of ananda is very present like that's the thing is when we've when we did that work together she she put me back in the womb it was almost like 
I had gotten so separated from that space. I had felt so um, alone, so to speak. And when we worked together, it was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not alone. Like, this is the womb. You know, this I'm, I am before, you know, like I was that moment in time of dun, 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 dun. I can't do the breath work that you just did, but I, I might learn it. Um, but yes, it's just so beautiful for your chart, especially with Jupiter and cancer. You know, when, wherever we find Jupiter in our charts is both the area that we're very that we love, but it's an area that we're very abundant in, you know, that we can be. Um, very, you know, we can give a lot of that energy. And so it's just incredible. Um, you know, it's amazing. I've known you this long and I haven't really watched your chart like I am today, but every word coming out of your mouth is perfectly in tuned with your chart. I mean, perfectly. And it's just another, um, uh, way we can see how these two forms are these harmonious, um, frequencies that work with one another and hand in hand. So, so well, also, I just want to add too that your North node is the fourth house, right? The womb, you know, which is returning to the womb. So it's part of your destiny to bring us back there connected to Pluto through transformation in Libra, which is all about relating and beauty and harmony, you know? So there's just so <laughs> amazing layers here it's like it's just everywhere <laughs> it's perfect it's really interesting that there's so much womb stuff the pattern for me too because my younger years were spent really denying the feminine and trying to be like xena warrior princess you know like man lady like i was just very very masculine and i didn't understand the feminine the divine feminine and i spent two years of my life healing and seeking and trying, you know, like approaching it from the space of like a student, like a Virgo, like organizing and charting and, you know, like structuralizing the chaos. And, uh, and now I'm really just now starting to come more and more into that nourishing, nurturing womb space, you know? Um, but oh, I mean, yeah. is that like the nature of a womb is like, contraction and release contraction and release and when we're giving birth it's like the job of a womb is to stretch beyond anything which it thought it could hold you know like at first it's fun it's exciting it's like i'm gonna give birth i'm making a baby this is beautiful oh look at my little bump and then it's oh my god i have to pee all the time and i'm puking and the world sucks and i'm emotional and it's all like it's this journey through like you're reborn yourself because by the end of it, you've been taken to extremes of where you didn't even know you could feel or think or do. And, you know, then the whole giving birth process is pain, pain, more pain than you thought you could hold. And you're like, have you given birth before? I don't want to be like, you know, <laughs> no, I'm scared as shit. I mean, totally terrified, but I'm on the journey. Sugarcoat it. It's pain. It's definite pain, but it's, uh, it, it reminds you you're alive pain. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so there's that part. Um, uh, and, and it's, it's really like any, with anything that creates a beautiful, like when you create a crystal, right? How do we create a crystal? It's through immense pressure and time and, you know, just compression and, and, and all of that. And then out of it comes the most crystal clear, beautiful creation that can hold information and reflect and 
reflect and retain and refract light. And, you know, it's that experience of, you know, taking yourself all the way to where you just think you're going to crumble, but you don't and you hold it. And then because you were able to remain in that space and you've shown yourself your own strength, you were shown your own strength, you get a moment of peace and relax and you're like, oh, I can breathe and appreciate just breathing. And then it starts all over again and who knows how long it lasts and you make it to the end and, and you're new, you know, you're, you've created and you were created through all of that. So the womb experience is, it's very much like death and, and, you know, giving birth and death are the same, the same experience, you know? Um, and it's also precious. And so that's why it's so important to be present, you know? Yeah. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is a good time for us to, we're going to cut to some music from Ananda. Um, you know, there's so much more I like want to say about your chart, by the way. I'm like, oh, you have Athena conjunct Pluto. That's why you had that like androgyny feeling like I'm masculine and feminine and you have Mars on the ascendant. And I could go on. We could look at that for hours. But I think now it would be a wonderful break for us to listen in on Ananda and her incredible gift that was bestowed upon her from God uh, because it's it doesn't make sense how this noise comes out of her body and how she creates this, the, these melodies. And, um, but this is like, this is the stuff, this is the juice. So, uh, so we're going to go ahead and listen to Ananda. I, you know, for those of you listening, even if you're driving or whatever, you know, or, or not, this would be a good time to maybe just sit and listen to her, um, be, and close your eyes and go, go there with her because it, she takes you somewhere and, um, and you just, you, it's like being birthed and you come out of her, her orchestration and feeling refreshed and renewed. And so, uh, you know, light a candle and listen, if you can, you know, if you're driving, that's okay too, but maybe go home and listen again. And, um, and like I said, like we said, we'll be posting more information about her. I've been encouraging her to create an album forever. So one day she will, cause I'll make her I'll force it. And then hopefully you can listen to her all the time, but, um, there's ways to continue to listen to her if you're not in Colorado. So, um, so we'll go ahead and break to that and we'll wrap up at the end of the song. So enjoy everybody. So I'll start uh, with a prayer to protect our space. Energy of elemental forces. I honor your wisdom and vibration. Please guide us as we approach this sacred space this place that we have come to listen to spirit. We have come to feel the cosmic resonance so that we may remember beingness before. Let us remember. If we heal the wound of separation, fear loses all power. Let us 
remember how to be in love. We have come here to remember how to be love. Start simply by feeling the energy within the body, eyes closed, breath soft, allowing. Notice. Simply listen to the vibration of the breath. Feeling the Vibration, breathing out the vibration. Invite the energy of release. Welcoming release. Like a loving companion offering to carry something heavy for a while. Grateful for the peace that comes from emptiness. Having to hold anything inside. Oh, the sweet surrender of the the breath breathe in what splendor this gift this precious gift of life 
this breath birthing remembrance feel the renewal the breath so much more than air ancestral whispers filling and emptying the lungs fall into deep the heart vibration peace love gratitude hold that Invite and welcome 
within the body releasing separation feel the vibrations and the going home of Closer than breath, you are the air, sweeter than life itself, you are here, I am a wanderer, you are my peace. A prisoner, you are released. You are released. Jay Guru. Jai Guru Jai Guru Jai Guru Jai Guru Jai Guru Jai Guru singer you are the song held in the open sky so far above I am the lover you are the love Offer my heart 
to beat your name Sing through me Vast space All that I am today Is by your grace So with this breath I sing your name in gratitude, a promise to stay away. this moment and let your awareness rest in the womb of your practice. When the moment is complete, slowly and gently begin to allow light to arise within the awareness behind the eyelids. And with a commitment to see clearly whenever it feels good, when your moment in the womb is complete, you can gently and slowly blink the eyes open and come back into your surrounding.
So my goodness, thank you so much, Ananda, for sharing that piece with us. And I hope all of you are just feeling super groovy right now and just juicy and connected to the divine feminine and to all of creation in this moment. So thank you so much. Thank you. So any last thoughts from you, Miss Ananda, as we're wrapping up our episode today? Well, you know, uh, I think we talked about some really beautiful things and vibrational alchemy is what I, I call my work. Um, I'm currently seeing clients out of Karma Yoga Center. I have a crystal bed that is it's a magical portal. Really, it is. It has Tesla coils and scalar wave energy. It's completely programmable to any frequency that I want to take uh, the experience through. So if you have any familiarity with the solfeggio tones, how, you know, 528 can be the frequency of love and 963 can stimulate pineal gland. And there's all of these things that frequency can do. It can heal bones. It can help deal with guilt and shame. And it's uh, a beautiful, beautiful experience to get on this crystal bed. Um, I'm also in the midst of something I'm really excited about and that I have been giving birth to for a while and it's finally coming through. I have a group of very special people I'm working with for this project called the uh, Mala Magnetism. And we're creating a workbook for people to explore the practice of mantra chanting uh, with a mala. And I wanted it to be approachable so that there's an entryway for everyone. For me, I have a very dedicated mala practice. I'll start chanting in the middle of a conversation with people. Um, you know, I chant malas all the time and I, I work with mantra all the time. But when I was first getting involved in the practice, there were times that I didn't really feel like practicing with a mantra. I didn't know what the words meant. I didn't feel it was overwhelming. And so I started thinking about how it would be um, possible to allow this to be more accessible to people who don't know Sanskrit or who might for some reason feel uh, intimidated by that. And so I started thinking about chanting with an intention. And an intention is a beautiful GPS. It's the trail map of where you're going to go, right? And then while you're on the trail, you come up against some bad weather or you forgot that really great snack bar and you start to get depressed and you're like, maybe I should turn back or maybe I should just sit down and stop hiking. And an affirmation can help you to keep going. It's this uh, vibration of taking you from a very dense, heavy feeling into the light, into the uplifted space. So I wanted to give them an intention and an affirmation. And then once they've experienced that and they go to the summit with that, you can't help but be touched deeply by the soul and your connection as a soul. And that's where mantra can really take uh, a chanting practice to the next level because mantra has seed syllables, vibrational information, transmissions of wisdom and knowledge of the ages in one single sound, right? If you've ever done in own practice, you've experienced that vibrationally on some level, even if it hasn't been this transformational experience where you become all things and everything and you are one with the universe. You've experienced a little bit of a physical shift and a little bit of an opening in your consciousness from oming. 
And so that's why it's called the, um, you know, the mall of magnetism is you're, you're magnetizing these intentions. You're using affirmation to keep you dedicated. And then the mantra is what's creating this magnetism. And so their malas are called their I am malas uh, for the intention, affirmation, and mantra. I am. Am. And so it's a really exciting experience because I get to hear their stories, what their intentions are. And of course, Spirit has brought me this work that's going to give uh, amazing teachings and offerings in a spiritual way to so many people because, as we've said so many times, we are the collective. Your intention, you know, your prayer is my prayer. And so it's a beautiful community. Um, we're working on that privately, and then that will be released as a workbook with exercises, guided meditations. Um, there's some audio stuff that goes with it, and it will come with a mala as well. So that project is something I'm really excited about working with. And uh, I can't wait to share more about that uh, publicly as soon as it's coming through creation. So, Great. Great. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing with that. Um, and, you know, I, I was hoping you could, uh, we, in the break, you had mentioned uh, something about, you know, a workshop back in the day when I was talking about the feminine energy yeah. and a pendulum. Um, and, and just how it was very articulate what you were saying when we were speaking off line or off a uh, recording about what's happening collectively and how that vibration really ties into this, um, rebalancing of these energies. And I was hoping maybe, uh, you could say something about that before we go to, cause I thought that was really poetic how you had voiced that before. And I'd, I'd like to get that on recording. Well, I don't know what I said, but I'll, <laughs> I'll get to my awareness now and say what comes through. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I look at things in vibrational patterns instead of looking at the third dimensional story of we have this, you know, super callous, fragile ego, braggadocious leader. Um, I look at that's ego. That's the vibration of ego. I mean, the first things that are coming through with the power that's been granted to this person, it's, it's ego. It's, it's, and it's masculine. It's masculine dominating feminine in a very fearful way, not a supportive way. Right. I, you, like I said, you, you, I won't use the word piss. Yeah, you did. You triggered something with me. It pissed me off when you were saying that a woman can't be like a man and that women need to come back into that feminine nurturing nourishing space. And it, it drove something inside of me into needing to heal. And I think that's what's happening collectively. I think that we've had that pendulum swing of the, the woman needing to be equal to man in the way that masculine expresses. And that isn't what needs to happen. Female needs to be equal to man, but in the way that female expresses and feminine fluidity, love, creation, um, you know, and masculinity is that structure and that support. And there can be some times where that masculine needs to dominate, that masculine energy needs to get the woo-woo flowing with the flow of femininity, like on point and like, let's get moving in this way. And here's how we come into action. And I think right now there's this huge panic collectively about action. Like we are panicked. We're like, holy shit, we got to take some action here or we're going to fucking freak out. You know, oh, I'm, you guys curse. So it's cool. Um, so, uh, 
you know, we need to be active, but where are we coming from with our action? We, we can't be like, yeah, it sucks to have somebody say you can't do stuff with your body. Okay. That makes me mad. But that anger is just going to lead to more violence. That violence within me that is like, you know, that's just going to lead to more. We need to balance it with being able to vocalize and express. And, you know, I, I saw something about needing to be heard. So the ego is really needing to be heard right now um, in the collective and the masculine fear and the greed, right? That energy, that vibration of greed is what's driving all of these things. And if you look at the pattern, I'm going to get weird now. If you look at the pattern of what's happening in third dimension, the greed is giving birth to things like genetically modified food, which then creates on a cellular level starvation, I have to eat more and more and more, and I have to get bigger and bigger and bigger and fatter and fatter and fatter and more sugar, more salt, more of these things, right? Just talking about this one little piece, this one pixel of the picture, greed, manifesting in our, our food, in our, our, our culture, in our, you know, what does that create in the body? Well, where does that come from? The wound of separation, the fear of lack, you know, that there isn't enough in the universe. And so that's why they're creating this need to create sickness in the collective so that the, the collective will need to be fed more. But no matter what we feed, third dimensional, greed, fear, all of that, if we keep feeding that, it's, it's imminent destruction. We need to feed soul. We need to feed spirit. We need to feed that which we cannot see, which connects us to source. We need to feed these things to ourselves, and then come from a place of peace that is passive and prayerful. And there's a lot of like, on my Facebook, I have that white house with resist over it. And yes, I am resisting what's happening, but in a passively peaceful, prayerful way. Um, you know, I'm, the, the thing is that we may need to come to a Kali stage. We may need to come to the, you know, decapitation and drink the blood Kali stage, but from a place of fierce love, not from a place of, I am wounded, you scarred my ego, and now I'm acting out of that place. And that really needs to happen in the collective. And that's a divine feminine responsibility. Whether you're a man or a woman, that's a divine feminine responsibility. Think about the energy of a mother and a teenager. This teenager is angry and screaming, I don't love you. You're a bitch. I hate you. That's why dad left. Say the woman is a you know single mother. All of these hurtful things, right? And if the mother knows that the child doesn't mean any of this, that this is ego and this is anger and that this is the child not getting what the child wants. And so the mother has to hold space for that explosive harming and then hug them into silence, right? My favorite movie right now, Trolls, watch it. It's ridiculous. I literally watch it every day now. It's kind of, it's kind of gotten out of control, but there's this thing, hug time, right? We need group hugs. We need more of that. We need more embracing. And I don't know if I stayed on topic to your question at all, but that's what came through. So, <laughs> Danny oh and God. I have been raising so the roof. Much. Yes, you're yeah. raising the roof on every word, everything, every breath. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just so much yes. So okay. much peaceful, yes. Peaceful resistance coming from a place of fierce love. And yeah, we are, we are in the age of Kali. I mean, it has to happen that this is being brought down. I mean, it has to go this way, but there's a way in which we can respond to the situation, which is the responsibility piece. And as women, how can we model 
what we want this world to look like. We have to be the change that we wish to see in the world. That's the age of Aquarius. That's what we're stepping into. And that is the theme of what is happening even this weekend with the new moon in Aquarius and this Chinese new year and all the things like there's so many elements to this transitional phase that we're in and we can do this, you know, and we can really, this is our time. This is our time to step up into our power and really embrace the gifts that we have to offer the world. Um, we just have to be doing it in a conscious way, you know, really paying attention to, am I in a place of ego or am I coming from a place of fierce love? Amen. You know, yeah. I, I, um, I, I think like about the March that just took place. Um, and I, I had written an article about it, right. That was entitled, I love Trump. And I only got one person who's like, never talk to me again. I can't believe you said that. Um, but the essence of it was that I felt I and a lot of women felt a lot of guilt and shame for not going to the march. Um, and you hear a lot of these posts on Facebook. If you're not far fighting, you're part, you're part of the problem and da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, that's just simply not how I think I'm going to serve in this revolution. I think I, not only do I think, but I would desire, I desire to serve in this revolution from a very feminine place, which is a little Kali and is a little huggy. Like I keep thinking what would have happened in that, in that March, if also we were saying, Trump, we love you. You know, thank you. You've, you have, you have been inspirational to watch how this system doesn't work anymore and how you are paving the way for a complete change in American politics and so on and so forth. We love you. And I want to hug you. Can we do this together? You know, can we, and, and, and from what I saw, and I wasn't there, but I saw a lot more like, he's an asshole, you know, and I think that that's really needed as well. I'm not um, angry about that necessarily, but I also really, like, I want to embrace this moment. I want to hug it like a wild teenager, like you're speaking of Ananda, you know, we do, we say things to each other that are painful um, to our friends, to our family, to people we've never met. This is, this is part of the human condition. But sometimes it's because we haven't been hugged. And sometimes it's because the other person hasn't. And, and what is that moment to be still and just embrace one another? And, and maybe just by sitting and listening to some beautiful vibrations, that's healing in its own right. To just be still enough to, to watch the, the algorithms, the alchemy of life healed from the soft place of the feminine and just how powerful could that be? And we've never seen that in human history. Never, not once we haven't, you know, we, we were very matriarch at one point and then we swung to the patriarch and, and we, and this pendulum started swinging when women took on that masculine role, right. With the suffragette movement. And after the war, when women were going into the workforce, the industrial revolution workforce for the first place ever. And, and women did take on a very strong masculinity as a, as a general theme. But what happens with like, um, a passive protest, a, a protest of love, so to speak. And I don't think we know what that looks like. And I don't think we have a model of that, but I think that I think we've heard. So in a song, right? Like often you'll hear like this muffled beat beneath 
like an EDM and it's like you sound you you hear it and you're like oh that's gonna sound cool and that shit drops mm. and but you get distracted and you're paying attention to what all the you know main front sounds are and then you hear that underlying muffled sound again and it's coming through and it's a little clearer this time and you're like oh it's building up man and then, and then the song takes you to that climax and that peak and it just drops and it's epic and it's fucking beautiful and it bursts open and like collectively on the microcosm and the macrocosm we have seen the the um echoes of it I don't want to say, because of what I said to you about you are before, I don't like the word past life. I don't like the word future and past. It's just, it's this echo, right? It's an, a chamber and it's bouncing around. And if you look at how sound would travel in space, if there was sound in space, you know, that's kind of, I think, what's happening with consciousness right now. And I love that you used be the change because that is my all-time favorite quote of all time. Um, and this is kind of what I, I feel is happening right now. I see our, our nation as very egoic and like an angry 76 year old man who has no hearing left. He's blasting Fox news. He's watching all of this fierce stuff. He's getting swept up into the distraction and you come up and you try and whisper something in his ear and he feels the vibration of it and like makes a little space for it, but isn't hearing what you're saying. And then there's, you say it louder and you have to be able to patiently keep saying it. You have to keep saying it. it's like what's happening at standing rack. We said this shit. We, we said it, we resolved it. We moved on. No, we didn't. We have to say it again, but we can't say it from the point of yelling at this old man who can't hear because that's not, that's becoming the anger and the violence and the masculinity. You have to softly keep fiercely, lovingly saying it over and over again. And that takes more strength than yelling it and going and marching with an angry sign. Go and march. Take fucking action. But let your sign bleed love from your heart. Let your sign be your torn open breast where you're beating your own truth, your truth that is only capable of being come to by you because of your experience, because it's valid, necessary, essential. But don't let it be someone else's truth woven in that confuses you so that you're coming from a fractured place where you're angry. You have a right to your anger. You have a right to your wound. But truth, truth can only be love because love is the law. And there really is, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, you know, that, that teaching that comes from A Course in Miracles, there really is one problem only, and that is our separation from God, however you language that. Goosebumps. Truth will set you free. <laughs> Goosebumps. Yes. Goosebumps. This is so good. This is like the most epic episode ever. <laughs> It really is. It's a good one. And it's just so well timed. I know it's perfectly on time. Even with all of our timing issues at the beginning getting started. (laughs) Divine timing, really. It was time and communication. We're like tiny little, you know, like patterns of, you know, that vibration of time, communication. Those are really important things right now. Timing and communication. Mm. Collectively. Well, and currently we have Pluto conjuncting Mercury and Pluto is very, very deep. And so this is deep conversation. You know, we are collectively tapping into such epic wounds right now. I mean, that are carried, we're our ancestors, we're ours, we're, you know, cosmic, we're, you know, they're all being kind of 
tapped into and we're really feeling it. And some of it's being expressed very, you know, on fire. Some of it's being expressed softly. But I think, yeah, this conversation, you know, I think too, just, I just want to mention, I think with all of us having Pluto and Libra, being the Pluto Libra generation, Libra is peace. It's equanimity. It's holding both. It's holding hate and love with equanimity, you know, and our generation, that's what our revolution and our evolutionary intention is on this planet is to protest with peace. Um, seeing that all sides have a point that one is really no greater than the other and that we need negative and positive to have the whole right. And I know that a lot of the older generations, the Leo generation in, in particular, doesn't see it that way. They see it fiery. This is, you're fucking with my identity. You know, I've got all these older women right now just like, why aren't you angry? And I'm like, I don't know. That's just not how I'm going to do this. You know, and I think that we have this, again, this generational um, opportunity to, to, to pave the path of a peaceful changeover. Um, and I don't know how it's going to look by the time we're like 80 and 90, but I think our generation has this incredible opportunity to, to hold both, um, yeah. which is, is love. Yeah. And it's really important to let everyone know that it's absolutely okay to be authentically angry. Absolutely. There's some really fucking ridiculous shit going down. It's too much sauce. I can't even handle it <laughs> it's right intense. now. It's too much sauce. But Anger is not where your truth resides. And if you tune into the vibration within your body, like when I start thinking about all of the stuff that he's doing or that everyone's doing, I don't want to say he, uh, just using he as, um, let's just use that as a word to describe the masculine oppression of the feminine, okay? Um, when I see that and I see all these women rising and coming together and, and they're marching, I feel in my body it's all like, you know, where you don't want to get fat on your belly. It's that space like between your Manipura and your sacral chakra. It's between personal empowerment and giving and receiving pleasure, right? Because when we're wounded, we want to withhold giving pleasure. When we're challenged, we don't necessarily feel okay receiving pleasure. We just want to be in power, right? You know, and so these two places fire up a lot and anger is okay, but it it's not truth. Feel it in your body. When something happens and the injustice happens and you know this isn't right, feel that in your body. What is vibrationally the space? Let anger be a fuel that gets burned to come back into the heart space. Because when you come into the heart, you can see the wounds that are creating this. You can see the necessity and the gift, like you said, Eugenia, you know, like when people said, couldn't we just march and say, you know, we love you, Trump. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. That's in the heart. When people listen to that, that, that heart space, if they pay attention to where they're feeling it in their body, that heart's going to fire up. And that's where truth resides. You'll feel it. The truth, you, you feel the truth, you know, and that's the whole reflection in, in the collective right now. The alternative facts, you know, like the alternative fact is. I'm fucking pissed and I want to, you know, burn shit down and I want to put mushrooms in the water system of Congress and let them all come to Jesus, you know? Like, I want to <laughs> take action and, and create the way, you know? Um, but going back into the truth, I listen to Gandhi. I listen to Martin Luther King Jr. Holy fuck. He's Seriously. right fucking out there with, you know, the Buddhas 
and and the Christ consciousness. That wisdom that came through that channel is where we need to be looking right now. Mm, not just men themes that we see of I have a dream and all of the quotes, the little minimized quotes. We need to look at the teaching and do the work of what it takes to do passive resistance because it's easy to fight. It's easy to put Trump on a, you know, like I made a meme and it was like Trump's head and Kali holding him by his toupee <laughs> and blood dripping from her tongue. And that felt fucking awesome. And that was good. That was easy. What's not easy is taking Trump and placing flowers and giving sweet nectar and giving honey and feeling gratitude and humbled by his showing up. That's not fucking easy, but that's the work we got to do. Amen. Mm. That is the path of the spiritual warrior Mm. for sure. And truly the truth doesn't need defense. So what are we defending? What are we putting up our, our, this armor and like going to war with? We've seen enough of it. It's time to like, let that go. And And also to, like, we keep bringing it back to this whole theme of separation. You know, everyone is a reflection of us. Trump is no separate, no different than than anything that we are made of. Made of the same stuff, same chemistry, same biology. He is also spirit, you know, and just to be able to acknowledge his divinity. Oh, my God. Can we get there, people? Can we really get there? I mean, I really hope we can. I I believe we can. But it's like we got to make an effort to make that shift. And, I mean, I think it's easier for some of us than others, you know, and because of that residual anger and and things that we're still processing, which, of course, is necessary as well to release that. But I really think that there's so much um, truth in what you said about taking that anger and transmuting it through the heart. How can we take that burning fire, bring it through the heart space and use that as a force, right? So uh, Mm. let's just keep keep Mm. it going, ladies. Mm. Mm. Goodness all around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yes. And I think the easiest way we can do it is just recognize that we all have different perspectives, but we all want the same fucking thing. Every human, every human, even if they've killed thousands of people or healed thousands of people, every human seeks and desires the same thing, right? Love. (laughs) And it might look weird, but it's it's not necessarily for us to judge. It's for us to understand the different perspectives. We don't, again, like we're all saying, we're allowed to get angry. It would be foolish to not get angry. It's impossible. But it's not the truth. The truth is love and gratitude. That is God. 100%. So... Right. And to speak on that, too, it's like the piece about the anger and, and moving it, transforming it, transmuting it into love. I get a lot of challenges from people who are like, well, that's just hippie bullshit where you're just sitting in a room and oming and feeling peace. And, you know, well, yeah, sure. It feels better to feel that than it feels to be out here marching and shouting and using your voice. And the thing is that action within that energy, that vibrational stuff that's happening that we're not seeing, that's that building block of creation that I was talking about with sound. Try it. Try this. Try sitting at home. I dare you to watch Fox News or I dare you to watch not, you know, and I don't even NBC, all of them. (laughs) 
Well, I don't want to make the assumption that everyone listening to this is like super anti-Trump or super anything. Listen to something that challenges you. If you love Trump and you hate what we're saying, listen to what we're saying. Feel everything. Feel the intensity and the, well, no, that's not true, and the conflict within. Bring it into its fullest form. Shine as much light on it as you can and then sit and chant to Dorga. Try it. Just try physically bringing into your body, digesting something really tough to watch. I, I personally would watch something that like um, deitizes Trump and something from, you know, his people that makes him look really, really great, you know, like, and inside I'll be sitting there and going, oh my God, this is such bullshit. Look at that. Fuck that. This is not true. That's not true. How can they be getting away with this? Blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff is screaming and there's so much noise and anger. Hear that in my vibration, in my voice. And then breathe. Invite that energy to stay and say, I am willing to look at this differently and chant to Dorga. I'm just picking Dorga because she's a warrior goddess. And just sit there and vibrationally say, Om Dum Durgaye Namaha. Om Dum Durgaye Namaha. Om Dum Durgaye Namaha. And allow those thoughts to keep coming. Allow that stuff to rise up in your energy and in your vibration. And just keep like a wave on the shore of, you know, washing the stone, the rigid stone smooth. Feel that. Feel it again and again and again. Because that's, that's action. That's taking action. And then take that feeling that you have on the other side, that peace that you have on the other side, and carry it into interaction, in reality, into conversation with another like you said, way of perception. Another person, talk with somebody, listen, let them feel heard. Be a space holder for their anger. Be a space holder for their just injustice. Be a space holder for whatever it is that they're saying. Let's say somebody that's racist or somebody that hates you because you're a woman. Go have a conversation with them and keep practicing being love in your vibration and let them be heard. Let them say everything and don't try to convert them to what you think and what your truth is. Just hear their truth, witness their truth, and then allow spirit to offer forward. Because a lot of times it won't look like, well, you're full of shit, like just because someone was born with, and then you go into this like dialogue that's trying to tear down what they believe. A lot of times it'll look like, that's a really interesting way of looking at, at things. I'd love to share with you what how I look at things. You know, I think that, you know, you have valid blah, 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 and just try and let spirit guide you because you can't go wrong if you're really allowing love to speak through. And that'll be in your vibration. It, it, it wouldn't matter if you recited the alphabet to them. You know, that's what, what, what this work is about. The peace, the, the stuff where people say, oh, you're just a hippie sitting in a room, oming. Yeah, I am. So that I can have the strength to go face this. Because if I just sit in the room and feel the peace and the love and come back into the love, great, I've done my work. But unless I can translate that inner work into the outer, you know, macro, the micro doesn't matter as much as it could. And that's where the action needs to come in, you know. Word. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been a nice full episode. Uh, loving it it's uh, hard to even want to stop it uh, but alas 
Saturn exists in the archetype of time <laughs> and we uh, have limitations. Coast, <laughs> coast, Sorry. Yeah. So, so we're going to, um, sign off here and, and yes, we love you. Like I said, in the post, I just wrote, I love you all. I'm grateful for you all. Even if I don't like you that much. <laughs> We don't have to like each other all the time. We're going to fight with each other, both in our personal relationships, with the ones we love, with our animals. We're going to fight. It's going to be part of it, but we're always being asked to come back to love and gratitude because Mm. pain is fuel for growth. You know, we all hurt. We hurt one another, but it's driven for growth and love and gratitude. So... Signing off, girls. I love you both. I love you listeners. Grateful for you both and all you listeners. Yes. Thank you for joining us, Ananda. Epic. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your message and your vibration and your music. All of it is so needed right now. And we hope everybody has gotten something magical from this experience with us. Um, Continue to do your work in the world and to come from a place of love and alignment with your truth. Thank you for creating this container and this platform for growth for the collective. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm super honored to be here. Uh, I hope to come back and I can't wait to hear what else you bring forward and through because you girls are amazing. (laughs) Oh, amazing. (laughs) amazing. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. All right. So till next week. Can we close with an ohm? Please. Yes. Love that. All right. So inhale, drawing in the same breath, all beings breathe and exhale, emptying the self, letting go, releasing that which we carry our story, the heaviness. (sighs) Inhale and together we will ohm. Ohm.